0: Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 533 by Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly, Brittany Page.
1: Um, this is not the... this is not my favorite time to have a podcast. It's been a, a very difficult few days, and, um... I think that... Well, I know it's been difficult for you, too. We've both been having a hard time. In fact, we actually um, planned to record the show yesterday.
0: The show has been sitting, planned, ready to just hit record. Everything prepped. Right. Ready to go.
1: But we decided that... um,
0: I wasn't in the space for it.
1: I mean, we knew it was going to be emotionally taxing. And so, um, I mean, yesterday, we both cried about the shootings still. And, um, so I think that we, it's probably not going to be avoided on the show today. Um, but it was so intense yesterday still that I just think we weren't prepared to address it yet.
0: Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know how this is going to go. Um, I have been. God damn, it's going to be tough. I have been a weird mix of uh, super fucking sad and uh, filled with fucking rage and anger. Mm Mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday, I'm going to take a couple days off social media because it's just, it's maddening.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and and when this happens too, um, the, the trolls come out in force and there's a lot of, um, just hate and vitriol, um, in the mentions on Twitter and online, and um, it becomes a very hostile place with people who are um, just uninterested in even attempting to be compassionate or yeah. reasonable or look to solutions. Um, so it, it has been a very difficult and trying few days. I mean, it, it's been terrible. And and the thing for me is. I often feel jealous of people who, like, don't read the news and, like, aren't involved, you know, because sometimes I'm like, wow, what must that be like (laughs) to, I mean, go about your day and not, like, know what's happening to other people? Yeah, I I don't know that I would
0: trade the the sorrow that I have right now. I don't know that I would trade it for being blissfully fucking stupid
2: Mm -hmm.
0: willfully ignorant to the problems we face in our country Uh, i wouldn't i don't know that i would do that
1: yeah i mean i mean i'm saying sometimes yeah yeah. i feel jealous like when i'm in the depths
0: no i wasn't i wasn't making a judgment of your saying that you wouldn't mind that i was thinking to my mind in my head is that something i would want and yeah, on its face, I think there would be times, like the next couple of days, where I check the fuck out. Mm-hmm. That would be nice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but for a sustained period, I couldn't be someone who doesn't pick up a newspaper. Right. Or at least type in the address and go to the to the URL right, right. of a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... We're going to get to... We, we've got a couple calls. And we're going to talk about the shootings... And play some clips. We're going to do not really a normal show, but, you know, we're going to do a show. Because I do feel an obligation that we show up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You, I don't think that we bring anybody any real solace or no one's, you know, waiting with bated breath for us to talk. Anyway, um... We, we did put out a couple shows this weekend.
1: And it was before the Yeah,
0: that's event. right. And we got a voicemail from Jim in Houston. And one of our intro topics, and I've been thinking about this a lot, too. <clears throat> one of our intro topics this last weekend was uh, about sandwiches, some article, some ranking of sandwiches from YouGov was the poll. And we released the episode, and then very shortly after, or maybe while we were recording, the shooting happened in El Paso. And we released the episode. I'll just play the voicemail, and we'll talk about it.
3: Hey, y'all. This is Jim in Houston. And, um, man, I don't know. I I just tuned in. It's Sunday. You dropped yesterday. You obviously recorded this before the shooting. But, damn, sandwiches? Oh, really? Even on a good day? I don't think that's. I don't know. That's not very filling. But I don't know. I'm destroyed. I need to hear more. And sandwiches is not what I was looking for. If you could have pulled this one back. I don't know, man. This is brutal. Um, I'll finish up. But thanks, you guys. Have a good day.
0: So I don't know um, if Jim's being cute or trying to have that be constructive criticism that it wasn't filling. Trying to make a joke there. Um but I've given this a lot of thought. And one, Jim, that's not how fucking podcasts work. You don't get to pull it back. It's the internet. But secondly, even if we had, let's say we started this episode talking about fucking sandwiches, I think there's a there's a there's a good portion of people out there who could use a little levity some subject matter that's not so heavy and that's all I'm going to say because more than I would say would be not nice
1: Well, um, I, so something that I do, you know, I work at an inpatient, um, psychiatric hospital and I do three to four groups a day, group therapy with the patients. And, um, oftentimes it's a very scary and vulnerable thing for the patients to come in and start talking. Right. So, I like to start the group with an icebreaker and typically I have them talk about their favorite something, you know, and a lot of times I do favorite food or favorite snack or favorite dessert. And sometimes I've had patients say, you know, (laughs) like, what is this? What are we doing here? Right. You know, but an interesting thing happens when people do start talking about these things. They actually start smiling about how they love hostess cupcakes, you know. Um and they open up. They start opening up and talking about these things because even though they seem small, they're not that small, you know. It's still connection. It's still sharing. Um and so kind of going back to what we were talking about with people who don't pay attention to the news, you know. Um being a knowledgeable person doesn't mean that you like always are thinking about the most serious issues and listening to podcasts about the most serious issues that we're facing, you know, there have to be moments where we talk about things other than that. And that is typically what the intro segment is reserved for. And we actually had a lot of people interact with that intro um, in the dollar more listener group on Facebook, for example, you know. Some people enjoyed it. Some people did not. That is the nature of the internet as well. well you know.
0: Let me also just say this, just from a bare bones, just a, a, the way it works, kind of a thing. It, you know, if you, if you would like to, whomever, whomever, no one specific in mind here, but if you'd like to pr- provide a pre-approved list of intro- introduction topics for this show, you know the email address. And the, the, the intro segment is by design supposed to be light. Because we talk about a lot of fucking heavy shit on this show. And the moments, the times, the shows that end up being so fucking heavy. Well, one, they're not good for me. And, and I got to think that it follows if they're not good for me and they leave me feeling fucking terrible that the audience isn't isn't far behind in how I'm feeling. Yeah, so sometimes we're going to talk about the lady in the line at the grocery store who aggravated me. Or our dog's vet appointment. i mean i i I don't want to turn i really want to be honest i don't want to turn this into me being a prick to jim because i don't know that jim meant that to be shitty so i don't want to let my um
1: well he sent a second voicemail that was kind of shitty so um i mean we won't assume his attention intentions even with the second one but just a heads up tone bro a little bit of a problem for you. Um I'm also I'm I'm going to be honest that I'm struggling um because you know normally I can push back on your um at times radical sentiments but I'm having a hard I like, time I, I like
0: passionate better.
1: Okay. Um passionate <laughs> but I'm having a hard time because um I am feeling it too, you yeah. know. Um but as you know, I don't like to cry on the podcast, so... Um...
0: Well, you're going to take one for the team today, because I don't, I don't see this getting much better, but we have to fucking do a show. But so. but
1: I do want to say, again, you could just summarize what you were saying earlier about how we're sometimes going to talk about the lady at the grocery store, or Popeye, or whatever. We're talking about life, okay? It's life. People eat sandwiches. They enjoy sandwiches. They enjoy them so much that people were sending pictures of the sandwiches that they like and links to sandwiches that they want to make and shit. Okay. So that stuff matters to people. That's why in the newsletter, we have a section for what we're eating because Jesse likes to cook and we like food that's like, a feature of our personalities.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. So we like to bring you guys into some of that stuff. And we know that we have listeners who are also passionate about that kind of stuff. So I understand that in the context of the shootings, it may have sounded as though we missed the mark or something. Um, but again, we, we did not,
0: we, we did not miss the mark.
1: I agree. But i'm I'm just saying for people may, who may have listened and also felt what the hell I'm here to kind of process this with Jesse and Brittany, um, and I'm kind of bummed out that they haven't talked about this, what the hell, yeah, um, I understand that perspective too, so do I, because but- we have heard from people when things like this happen that hearing us talk about it is beneficial and that it is a form of processing it with us and so i understand that too where someone may have turned it on and thought what the fuck is this sandwiches like some serious shit happened you know what are they doing you know um we recorded it before that happened you know we just did
0: um, let's get to a couple of voicemails and then get into the substance of, uh, or, we we don't really need to give any background here on what took place in El Paso, that 22 people are dead. And, and then hours later
1: mm-hmm. in
0: Dayton, Ohio, nine dead. Over almost a hundred people dead or wounded over the course of just hours. And then... Y- 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 you bring in the elements uh, of white supremacy and domestic terrorism, and it's it's incalculable the problems that we face. And it, anyway, let's let's get to some voicemails.
4: Hi, Jesse. Hi, Brittany. Leah from Maine calling uh just wanted to call in real quick invent a bit uh, about a debate i had with a republican acquaintance of mine uh, a relative actually um so we were talking about the terrorist attack in el paso the mass shooting and of course gun violence is going to be brought up that's a topic that i'm very passionate about and she was using, you know, the same, the same old talking points that Republicans use, which was, well, you take the guns away, people are always going to find another way to kill. I watch a lot of forensic files, you know, and people are always killing with knives and duct tape and trash bags. So my response to that was mass killings, mass killings killings are being done with these things and just the reply I got from her was so callous and cold she just said well murder is murder and that to me tells me that she doesn't care to reduce the amount of lives lost she doesn't it's just People are just a bunch of numbers to her. They're not, they're not individual beings with aspirations and families and loved ones and people waiting for them to come home and they're not going to. They aren't, you know, like... Yeah, murder is murder. And that one life lost is devastating. But multiply it by 20... And it's 20 times more devastating. Like, every life should matter. All lives matter, right? No, they don't. Not to these people. It's just, it's just disheartening, you know? I don't, I don't know how to talk to these people anymore. Just blows my mind. It really does. Anyway,
0: love you guys. You're both the best part. Bye. I would say say this. I think your aunt, or is that what she said? Mm -hmm. Relative. Um, I think she likely does value life. And it's not just number. They're not just a number to her. I think that she probably, she would be devastated if you, Leah, were killed. But that's the extent of it. It's She hates the gays. I'm using just an, an example here. I don't know about this particular lady. But she hates the gays until her son or her nephew's gay. And then all of a sudden she finds her empathy for the, the, the struggles of the gay community. Same thing. She hasn't been uh, touched by this type of tragedy and hasn't developed... A, any kind of empathy whatsoever because if they're not in her in-group. If she doesn't see it, eh, it doesn't really matter to her. I think there's millions, millions of those people out there. I think I, I think I used to be one of those people. The Republican version of Jesse would have turned off the part of my brain when making arguments about gun control. And by the way, all of this shifted for me because I was never a no gun regulation guy of late, like since doing the show. But I was certainly a, you know, didn't think that that an AR-15 needed to be banned up until just a few years ago. Um, And what really put me over the edge on the issue was Las Vegas. For the very argument that Lee is making. That yeah, you're fucking, absolutely, people are still going to die. And in, in numbers of multiples, they're going to die, even if there were, were no guns. But you wouldn't be able to kill nine people in 30 seconds, as is what happened in Dayton. You're not going to be able to set up your, your, your rifle at the precipice of a window 15 stories up and mow down concert goers with a knife. not the way it works.
1: Well, and I, I also want to hear people that... Um feel that there should be no changes made, right. That it's the video games that only the United States has, that it's the mental illnesses that only the United States has, right. Um, that it's the movies, you know, Jason Bourne getting everyone riled up, um, only in the United States. I want to hear them say like Bill O'Reilly did about a year ago that, yeah, this is just the consequence of freedom.
0: Yeah. We're the, we're the, we're, we're not even the freest fucking country on the, in the world. But the consequence of freedom here is thousands of people dead at the end of a gun.
1: But I I appreciate the honesty on his part. And I want to hear more of them say it. Because I want them to admit it. That this is the world they want to live in. Right. That this is the consequence of of having a right to own their arms. People
0: may push back and say, well, I don't think that they would say that that that's the kind of world they want to live in. Well, it must be, otherwise they would change it because they have the power to change it. Because the will of the people, 90% of Americans want universal background checks for weapons. And these fucking traitor Republicans, these white supremacy defending motherfuckers, will not allow it. You've got Mitch McConnell with the door closed to any legislation. And not just about guns. Not just about securing the places where people are most innocent. He also doesn't want to secure our elections. This is why I am so fucking beside myself. And I'm sure many of you as well.
1: Well, two things. The the Bill O'Reilly tweet that I'm referring to actually came after um, the Las Vegas shooting. Mm-hmm. And that's, this is literally what he said. Quote, this is the price of freedom. Violent nuts are allowed to roam free until they do damage, no matter how threatening they are. Okay, he literally said it. That's what he said. This is the price of freedom, and I want to hear everybody say it.
0: This is the price of. Are you fucking kidding me? I
1: want to hear everybody who feels that this that no changes need to be made. Right, Mitch McConnell, who's not calling the Senate back in to vote on HR eight, right? Bipartisan Background Checks Act of twenty nineteen. Okay,
0: which was passed. by a majority of both both sides.
1: Yeah. And it would prohibit most person-to-person firearm transfers unless a background check can be conducted, aiming to close a potential loophole allowing the transfer of firearms without a background check at gun shows or between individuals. So the House passed it, right? T- 240 to 190, with eight Republicans joining almost all Democrats to vote for the bill. Okay. And that happened in February.
0: I thought the margin was higher than that, but I'm glad you cleared that up.
1: It happened in February. Yeah. And.
0: H.R. 8. So it was the eighth bill passed once this new Congress, this new majority of Democrats came into office.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and we also have H.R. 1112 Bipartisan Background Checks Act. This bill would extend to at least 10 days the amount of time firearms dealers must wait for a response from the background check system before a sale can proceed. Um, currently, they can make the sale if they haven't received a response in only three days. So it would take it from three days to 10 days. Yeah. And this passed in February as well by a vote of 240 to 190. Again, uh, like HRA, the Senate has taken no action since this See, bill passed.
0: And that right there, that, that, that shows bad faith on the part of the Republicans. This isn't infringing on anyone's right to keep and bear arms. This is the difference between one fucking week. The difference between three days and ten days. So if three days isn't infringing on someone's right to keep and bear arms under the Constitution, the Second Amendment, then how is Ten days.
1: Yeah, I also want to say, um, going back to Leah's call, um, it's just funny to me hearing these arguments about how gun laws won't won't stop people from getting guns, right? From the same people who are against drug legalization. You know, like they don't want people smoking weed; right. they want all of the drugs to be illegal. Because, well, why do you want drugs to be illegal? If laws don't do anything. Listen,
0: then why do we have laws against bank robbing?
1: I know a lot of murders happen when murder is illegal.
0: It's just, it's it's asinine. And it's the same, well, what's next? Are you going to make cars illegal? People kill people with cars. They're going to be car control. That's It's fucking nonsense. And let me also say this. John Delaney. For now, presidential candidate. He tweeted about. Making, creating a law where you need to have liability insurance if you have a gun. And he got fucking dragged by liberals on Twitter. Don't be fucking part of the problem, Democrats. Don't be part of the fucking problem, liberals. Just because it's not a perfect solution, it's part of a solution. Just because a private company might profit, What's more important, a company possibly getting some money? That's, oh, we can't have that. But dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of children dying, that's okay. And I realize it's, it's a false choice I'm proposing here. It doesn't have to be that way. But come the fuck on. At least, at least he is presenting some kind of solution. And I've I've got all kinds of things to say about John Delaney. But come on. We can't just, this has to stop and harumph and shake our hands at the sky. Oh, you Republicans. Solutions have to be proposed. Otherwise, it's not going to get any better. Nothing is going to change. What we need are solutions like that. Maybe that's not the perfect one, but at least it's one. We need to go back to an assault weapons ban like we had before.
1: A ban that expired in 2004.
0: That is right. And we need
1: absolute
0: 100% universal background checks. We need to tighten the reins. On domestic violence, on violent crime. If there's an option, if there's a moment, if there's an opportunity to take away someone's right to own a weapon because of the fact that they have violence in their past, then you do it. And you shrink the circle of individuals who own weapons. And if Republicans want to talk about fucking mental health, then put some money on the table and let's do something about treating people's mental illnesses.
1: Yeah, it's something that's been bothering me because obviously it's the field that I work in and I know the barriers to treatment that exist for people. Um, and how difficult it is to get treatment, yeah. and um,
0: even here in ca- liberal California,
1: yeah. And and so the only time you hear people have this performative compassion, yes, is when they're trying to blame it on something. That's right. Um, unnecessarily, without evidence, blame it on mass shootings.
0: Well, it's the same bullshit they do when. Why are we having these illegals come in? We got lots of homeless vets. All right, well, then give me some money for homeless vets. No, those free litters need to take care of themselves. It's fuck you. I, I sidetrack, I side I'm sorry. back to mental health. Because you're,
5: well, you're right.
1: Well, Well, and they're just it's tr- important. They're just trying to obscure the issue, right? And this happened again with these two shootings, because El Paso was motivated by white supremacy. Um, he's a white supremacist terrorist, right? And the other shooting, the Dayton, Ohio shooting, he was a uh, leftist. Well. According to his posts Yeah, online, yeah, we're
0: going to talk about it. He, he for sure was more lefty, for sure. But we don't know the motives yet.
1: We don't know the, the, the if that
0: was a motivation. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, sorry.
1: Um, the first shooter, right, wrote a manifesto like you've heard so much about from these other people, um, about his hatred of Hispanics and his concern about the white race being overtaken. Right. Very, very concerned about white genocide. Yeah. Like you hear everyone talk about, including Tucker Carlson. Um,
0: everyone meaning white supremacists. Yes. Avowed racist KKK neo-Nazis. Yes. Thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah. And the, the other white supremacist terrorists, um, And then I had people messaging me, right, when I'm sharing these articles, these lengthy articles that um, are linking to evidence, right, for the manifesto and the white supremacist views motivating the attack. And they're saying, oh, look at this Dayton, Ohio shooter and his liberal Twitter page. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Let me know when he has a manifesto, okay, saying that he went out and murdered a bunch of people because his student loans weren't going to get paid off. You know, like, there has to be a political motivation for that to be relevant information. It, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, not not even that. Even just a Facebook post saying, I'm going to go kill those people because of X, Y, or Z.
1: Absolutely, just, yeah.
0: Just because a guy has a political opinion and he murders people doesn't mean that was the motivation for the killing.
1: Right. I mean, <laughs> this seems like a basic concept, right?
0: You'd think, but But
1: according to people on the internet, no. Well,
0: they want to obscure the fact that this guy was an avowed white supremacist. Well, he's a guy who doesn't want to be called a white supremacist who says I wanted to kill as many Mexicans as possible. And he
1: drove 600 miles to do so. Right. So interesting.
0: So the delineation on mental health is a guy with a manifesto like this. It's clear. There's time that went into this. There's effort that went into this. There's planning that went into this.
1: He was radicalized.
0: Yes. Using the same language as Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Invasion. It's an invasion. It's an invasion. Donald Trump dozens of times has said or tweeted that it's an invasion. Fox News defending that even yesterday or today. Mm -hmm. What is happening where mainstreaming of radical, racist, racist, fundamental uh, ideas of of these ideologies are being broadcast. Like it's normal.
1: Well, and this is something else that has been bothering me. And I hear this sometimes, right? Where, and they don't say it like this, but this is basically what they mean. That anti-racism is just as bad as racism, you know, like, (laughs) Fuck. It's kind of like that um being intolerant of intolerance, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. The only thing that's intolerable is intolerance.
1: Yeah, like there are actually that's
0: stupid what I just said.
1: Yeah.
0: I know what you mean. That oh, look how how look how tolerant this person is when the person is just being intolerant of intolerance. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And I <laughs> It's so confusing to me because sometimes I hear liberals talk like this, you know, and there's no comparison here. Right. Um, you're either anti-racist or you're racist. Like, that's it.
0: That, that, there is only two choices.
1: And if you are not like vocal about this, then that's not good. You know, um, now is the time to get involved
0: <laughs> pick a fucking team
1: i i don't understand how people are watching all of this happen and they're like guys guys we can't be rude guys guys we need to hear everybody out okay maybe they mean this maybe they're saying this yeah. you know i mean brian Kilme just blatantly was like yeah the word invasion isn't a problem it's a fact you know even after the shootings where the guy in his manifesto talked about the invasion. Yeah,
0: he's, he's defending the, the, the use of the word invasion.
1: He's saying it's a fact. I mean, he's, he's reiterating it. He's not backing down from using that word. Knowing the effect that it has on white supremacist viewers or white supremacist friendly viewers, right? Which is the same thing.
0: The, the, let me read the first paragraph of his manifesto. In general, I support the Christchurch shooter and his manifesto. This attack is a response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. They are the instigators, not me. I am simply defending my country from cultural and ethnic replacement brought on by an invasion Some people will think this statement is hypocritical because of the nearly complete ethnic and cultural destruction brought to the Native Americans by our European ancestors. But this just reinforces my point. The natives didn't take the invasion of Europeans seriously. And now what's left is just a shadow of what it was. So he's acknowledging he understands what an actual fucking invasion is. And then talks about this invasion of Americans. People who are Hispanic are American too. And when he walked through the the halls, through the aisles of that Walmart, shooting indiscriminately, he didn't know who were citizens and who were not. This is a racial thing. This isn't a country of origin thing. This is fucking... Racism that Donald Trump has stoked and Donald Trump has shared in the language of. Because when he says this is, a, this is an invasion across our southern border, he just left out the word that this guy used, which is Hispanic. Let's go to our last call. Hey
3: guys, it's Dan from Oceanside, but I'm currently in like Norwich, Norwich, England, I believe. Uh, but this morning, I found out about the uh, El Paso and Dayton, Ohio shootings on the ferry that we were crossing. I'm on a, a tour right now, and we were going from Ireland uh, back over to England. And I found out because BBC was on in the lounge on the ferry... And so I'm sitting amongst a bunch of Irish and English, you know, just various European people, mostly. uh, And I'm watching their reactions to something that, you know, we see all the time. And of course, because two happens so frequently, it's like a major news story over here. Uh, And like legitimately, uh, like, you know, the lady next to me kind of gasped. And the other, like a family across the aisle, like the mom started talking to her kid specifically to, like, like clearly to keep him from seeing the TV, uh, and just the over, like, the vibe in the room completely changed. As I don't, you know, I don't think Europeans are immune to it like we are to just just mass killing and like, oh yeah, right. That well, that's a Tuesday, and let's move on to whatever else. Uh, and that's that's just so, so shitty that <laughs> that apparently, you know, Europeans care about us more than we care about ourselves, because we don't do anything to, to fix any of this, but uh, it's it's just sad to be just kind of a national, you know, or international embarrassment as a you know, sit in a room with, with a bunch of people, you know, feeling sorry for, for you know, had I talked, I'm sure they would have felt sorry for me specifically uh Yeah, man, Uh, we got to do something. Uh, Hope you guys are well. Love the show. It helps me kill time on these uh, long bus trips. Uh, Talk to you later.
0: When are we going to get to that point? When are we going to get to the point where it is enough? It's too much. The enough is enough. When are we going to hold our leaders accountable? When are we each and every one of us going to get active at a political level in a local election? If you live in Kentucky, if you live in a red state, and this doesn't indemnify me or Brittany or anyone else living in a blue state, but if you live in a red state, if you live in Idaho... now is the fucking time now is the time enough is enough enough children have been murdered enough people have going out to a club to have a good time at a bar enough enough moms falling and injuring their children while being killed in a fucking Walmart. there are political solutions to this, and the only way that we reach those political solutions is by electing the correct people, by unelecting, getting out of office the wrong people, Mitch McConnell, these other fucking idiots who go on on, on news channels and say that the AR-15 is too popular. He won't even consider banning it because it's popular. Heroin's pretty popular in certain areas of the country too, brother. It's going to remain illegal.
1: So is marijuana, by the way. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Um but Dan is also driving home a point that I was alluding to earlier which is these these arguments about mental health and uh violent video games right all these mindless attempts to obscure the issue. Yeah. Um the United States is an outlier on gun deaths, okay? And it's not because of fucking violent video games or because of mental illnesses, okay? Those things exist everywhere else as yeah. well okay you, you
0: know what we're not an outlier in kids playing video games
1: yeah please people being
0: sick mentally
1: yeah please please i mean it's just embarrassing please
0: but not for kevin mccarthy the fucking idiot
1: i mean i've been watching these interviews with republicans and it's just they have to be embarrassed once the camera is turned off they're like uh oh, i can't believe that this is my life
0: yeah, that's why they turned down interview requests to CNN over the weekend. It is. Uh, listen, I'm not calling for. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not there yet on a repeal of the Second Amendment, as far as a constitutional amendment is concerned. I'm not there. You want to? I grew up owning weapons, hunting, fishing, being outdoorsy. Awesome. There is absolutely a place for that. If you want to own a hunting rifle or a shotgun, a pistol, whatever. Let's start with with, with the way that we know we could get something done on. And that is assault weapons. Start there. That's going to make the most difference. And listen, I don't know what kind of a political strategy that needs to be developed relative to uh, not freaking out people about confiscation. And having buyback programs. But there's not a dollar amount that's too hefty for us to implement some kind of a buyback program. Big solutions. We have a big problem. It's going to take a big fucking solution.
1: And remember, there's a pretty easy solution right now. If Mitch McConnell calls the Senate back and can start there. Right. Yeah. That seems very feasible in a short amount of time, but he just like fell and broke something. So we'll let, probably be milking that for a while. Let's not. That's right.
0: Somebody tweeted something. I don't know exactly what it was, but it's like, oh, finally, he brought something to the floor because he fell down and hurt himself.
1: Yeah. Fuck, I also fuck that guy. read something about um, how RBG went to work after breaking oh, yeah. her she
0: wasn't even gone a week.
1: So please. Okay. And she's like 125. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so we're talking a lot about, about Mitch McConnell and about Kevin McCarthy and these fucking idiots. These betrayers of their countrymen. Let's talk about Donald Trump. Let's talk about the fact that he has absolutely emboldened white supremacy in America. saying he invented it. Of course, he didn't invent it. But you're blind or willfully ignorant if you believe he hasn't given surge to their numbers, hasn't offered oxygen to their fire. He came out on Monday morning and gave 9 minutes worth of words teleprompter words poorly written poorly delivered teleprompter words i'm only going to play as much as i can fucking take of it i don't should i play it or should i play the thing that i listen we we little sausage here. We make a point to not play things that I do on my videos on YouTube, on the show. But the other morning, I was watching his speech, playing it. And as it played, I thought, well, yeah, well, what about that? And then another 10 seconds went by, and I'm like, yeah, well, what about that in response to something he said? And then another few seconds went by, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? enraged so so i slapped together very quickly i slapped together donald trump versus donald trump we'll just play that because it's a lot of the speech
2: my fellow americans this morning our nation is overcome with shock horror and sorrow in one voice our nation must condemn racism bigotry and white supremacy but you also had people that were Very fine people on both sides. These sinister ideologies must be defeated. Hate has no place in America. When Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Hatred warps the mind, ravages the heart, and devours the soul.
6: Will you unequivocally condemn David Duke and say that you don't want his vote or that of other white supremacists in this election?
2: Well, just so you understand, I don't know anything about David Duke. Okay, I don't know anything about what you're even talking about with uh, white supremacy or white supremacists. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. did, Did he endorse me or what's going on? Because, you know, I know nothing about David Duke. I know nothing about white supremacists. And so you're asking me a question that I'm supposed to be talking about people that I know nothing about.
6: But I guess the question from the from the Anti-Defamation League is even if you don't know about their endorsement, there are these groups and individuals endorsing you. Would you just say unequivocally you condemn them and you don't want their support?
2: Well, I have to look at the group. I mean, I don't know what group you're talking about. You wouldn't want me to condemn a group that I know nothing about. I have to look. If you would send me a list of the groups, I will do research on them. And certainly I would disavow if I thought there was something wrong.
6: But you may have groups in
2: there that are totally fine and it would be very unfair. So give me a list of the groups and I'll let you know.
6: Okay. I mean, I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan here, but.
2: I don't know. Anything. Honestly, I don't know David Duke. I don't believe I've ever met him. I'm pretty sure I didn't meet him, and I just don't know anything about him. We must recognize that the internet has provided a dangerous avenue to radicalize, disturb minds, and perform demented acts. He tweeted, so interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt inept, in anywhere in the world, if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime infested places from which they came? We must stop the glorification of violence in our society. Maybe he should have been roughed up because it was absolutely disgusting what he was doing. If you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of him, would you? Seriously. like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Try not to hurt him. If you do, I'll defend you in court. Don't worry about it. In the good old days, this doesn't happen because they used to treat them very, very rough. And when they protested once, you know, they would not do it again so easily. We've become weak. We've become weak. And you know what? The audience swung back. And I thought it was very, very appropriate. The audience hit back. And that's what we need a little bit more of. now. Part of the problem and part of the reason it takes so long is nobody wants to hurt each other anymore, right? Cultural change is hard, but each of us can choose to build a culture that celebrates the inherent worth and dignity of every human life. That's what we have to do. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. I have plans on Afghanistan that if I wanted to win that war, Afghanistan would be wiped off the face of the earth. It would be gone. It would be over in literally
0: in 10 days. Thank you very much. Thank you. And then we come out of this this weekend. Donald Trump gives this fucking speech. And media personalities and the media outlets like the New York Times... Write headlines like Trump unifies, you know, calls out white supremacy or whatever the fuck their headline was. We have years of track record. Thousands of hours of audio. And video. Of the past behavior of Donald Trump. He didn't disavow violence because he read a fucking teleprompter speech that was written for him by someone. He's still the same guy.
1: Well, and wait for what he's going to do next time he has a rally. That's exactly right. he, He could have had a rally that night and you would have seen a completely different message. I mean, he he's going to go back to being exactly who he is. And it's it's the same issue that we had when Van Jones said today's the day that Donald Trump became president, yeah. right? Anytime he goes out there and he robotically reads from the teleprompter and says the words that were typed and breathes through it heavily, everyone thinks that he like is acting the way that he should be acting. No, he's still who he is. He's yeah. going to be who he is. He's going going to encourage this he's going to rile up the racists that's what he does he enjoys doing it he loves the poorly educated and and he wants to continue doing this this is what he wants this is what he wants to do well he also they it's
0: calculated because they want to give him the plausible deniability well here's a clip of him disavowing racism
1: right now there now there's two clips that you'll be sent
0: yeah that's exactly right
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's listen I don't know about everybody else. And this is I'm not preaching to the audience here because I think everyone is pretty, pretty clearly understanding of Donald Trump at this point. But who are these people who wake up in the morning with a clean, fresh slate of Donald Trump? That he's just any other regular president of the United States. Nothing up to this point has even happened. I don't have a track record to base his future behavior on. And what the fuck is the New York Times doing writing a headline like that? I have it here. Hang on. Here's what it was. Trump urges unity versus racism. Look, a lot of people are calling for uh, canceling their subscriptions to the New York Times.
1: A lot of people have. They're not just calling for it. They have.
0: I'm not there. I don't think it's that. But it's come the fuck on. I also, I scoured their Twitter account today. And they've made no statements about, yeah, we fucked up. That's a fucking stupid thing.
1: But but they did change the headline. But the thing is that it went out on all the print addition. yeah, things that were delivered to people's houses. So, really, I mean, how much of a correction did you did you issue? Um, but I I don't think people should cancel it. You know, I saw uh, a tweet that said something like canceling your New York Times subscription because someone wrote a, a shitty headline is like canceling your electricity when the lights flicker. You know, um, and I, that's I, I think that's not too far off a bad analogy. Yeah, I mean, it's I not great, I, I, but... I understand wanting to say like. Listen, we're going to hit you where it counts, which is your money and your funding, and you better get it together because there's consequences to this. And whatever you guys think you're doing, you need to get it together. And there's only so many mistakes you can make with this, you know. And the New York Times has been running into it quite a bit. I agree with that. And so there does come a certain point where you're thinking, is all of this intentional? You know, what are they trying to do? What is happening here? Um, but the New York Times is still very important, and there are very important authors, uh, writers who work there. Yeah, and they should still be supported.
0: Well, I mean, save a few, like you know, ask Trump, ask Kisser, Maggie Haberman. I would say this: if you're going, I'm not, I'm not advocating either way. But if you're gonna cancel it, go pick up a, scrip- a subscription to the Miami Herald. Or the Los Angeles Times. Or the Washington Post.
1: Or the Baltimore Sun.
0: Or the Baltimore Sun, yeah. I mean...
1: Or Boston Globe.
0: We pay here in this room, we pay for a few. New York Times is one of them. Mm -hmm. Washington Post is one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say this for myself, that if this continues with the New York Times, I will fucking pull the plug. Mm
6: -hmm.
0: Because what are they doing? They're becoming the news. Report. Don't get squirrely with your fucking headlines. Anyway, we're, I don't want to make this show you know, a 12-hour ordeal. So let, let's get to a couple clips here. And I thought the most salient of the candidates who came out and talked on the news cycles uh, over the ca- past several hours was Cory Booker. He went on CNN and uh, very direct about the ideology that's being pushed here and ultimately who is responsible.
6: My next guest has made trying to stop or at least curtail gun violence, a central part of his 2020 presidential campaign. He's calling for a federal gun licensing system and a ban on what are called assault weapons. Joining me now, New Jersey Democratic Senator Cory Booker, Senator Booker. um, I'd say good good morning, but it's not a good morning. Um, Two shootings in less than 13 hours, 29 people killed 42 people injured or wounded. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard about the El Paso shooting and then you wake up and hear about Dayton?
5: Uh, first of all, the horror of it. Um, having been the mayor of a big city, you know the horrors of mass shootings and what it does. And so my, first and foremost, obviously, your, your thoughts and prayers are with all of the victims, the families who've lost people, the people who now have months, years of, of recovery But you also know that thoughts and prayers are are not enough. And uh, I turn my attention to the person who is uh, leading this country, who is, in my opinion, in this moral moment, who is failing. And I think that at the end of the day, especially because this was a white supremacist manifesto, uh, that I want to say with more moral clarity that Donald Trump is responsible for this. He's responsible because he is stoking uh, fears and hatred and bigotry. He is responsible because he's failing to condemn white supremacy and see it as it is, which is responsible for such a significant amount of the terrorist attacks. He's responsible because he is president of the United States and has failed to do anything significant to stop the mass availability of weapons to people who intend to do harm. And lastly, he's responsible because leaders take responsibility We are responsible for each other in this culture, in this society, and and our president in the highest moral position in the land should be taking responsibility in this painful, difficult moment and coming forward and telling us what he will do to address hate, to address white supremacy, to address the availability of guns, to address this mass violence. His talking about the cowardice of others uh, is more of a reflection of his failure to take responsibility and cowardice in a time that we need courageous leadership.
6: Now, the, the, the screed, the, the document that the law enforcement is currently looking into about whether or not this terrorist, this white supremacist in El Paso wrote it, um, he, he uses the language that we've heard from the president in terms of calling migrants coming into this country an invasion. It's in the second sentence of this manifesto or screed, uh, which is obviously something the President Trump has said. But, but the, the shooter also said that he uh, thought this way and had these beliefs before President Trump, and that President Trump is not responsible. Um, I don't know how you make sense of any of this, but but what did you think when you, when you saw that?
5: Well, a mass murderer who's trafficking in hatred and bigotry, um, all, all, literally trying to give some kind of expo- exculpatory ev- uh, 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 reaction to the president. I mean, come on. Our president right now is using the same language of racism, of bigotry, and white supremacy. The way this president is talking about immigrants, the way he's talking about minorities in this country, these are the words that are used by the kind of folks that that are in the darkest corners of the Internet, and and as we see in this terrorist attack, uh, the kind of people that uh, uh, ultimately manifest that hatred and violence. And for him not to take responsibility for that is a moral Failing, and and for him not to understand his failure to condemn it or see the seriousness, the majority of terrorist attacks since nine eleven have been white, ring, white right wing extremists. The majority of those have been white supremacists, and we have a president that not only is failing to call out white supremacy, who in Charlottesville tried to create a savagely false uh, uh, equivalency, but but he himself is using the language of hate. On a regular basis, to talk about Congress people, to condemn urban places, to talk about immigrants. It, he is responsible in his language and he is fueling and giving license to this kind of hate in our country.
1: Without teleprompter.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And it went on. There's more than that.
1: Yeah. So, really, juxtapose that with the robotic lack of emotion. Uh, lack of ability to reach for general facts or statistics in the middle of a sentence. Um, I mean, he he couldn't even name the city accurately when it was written there on the teleprompter.
0: Toledo, he said. Um, It's written Texas and Ohio. And apparently it started with a T and the other word ended with an O, so he thought it was Toledo.
1: But... This, it goes back to what we've been talking about a lot on the show. And we want to elect someone that is better than us, you know, who who's intelligent, who's capable of compassion and empathy. And I think in this exchange, you really saw that from Cory Booker, someone who has genuine compassion, um, who's able to demonstrate that emotionality and who can just off the top of his head, yeah. talk like a very reasonable, educated, coherent person.
0: Someone who could hit the ground running being a good, decent, upstanding, respectable president of the United States. Not my candidate right now. Not even my candidate. Yeah, That's a guy who could do the job.
1: Well, and I asked you this question, um, and I'll put this uh, put this in the minds of the listeners as well. When we... Think to um, pass the primaries and the Democratic candidate is debating Donald Trump. Think about the debates with Hillary Clinton and sub in some of the Democratic candidates that we have now. Who do you envision? Really taking him to task. Yeah. Who do you envision being the- able to withstand the childish, childish antics? It's a great question. Without getting um, frustrated or flustered or upset, without being rattled, but while still being able to be a genuine person and connect to people, right? Um, who do you see? Because that's going to make a huge difference because a lot of this comes down to public perception, Right. And for some reason, Donald Trump is, like, impressive to people somehow. Um, And we need someone who is able to persuade um, and beat him at his own game.
0: Yeah. And that doesn't mean being a cunt. No. It doesn't mean being a wild maniac on a debate stage. It means being able to correctly and effectively communicate. Right. To impassion people. And Donald Trump is good at that. Mm-hmm. He does inflame passions in people. Mm-hmm. He he's he's done so to multiple terrorists. The MAGA bomber just got twenty years in prison. Everybody. Mm-hmm. The guy who plastered his van in stickers of Donald Trump and Mike Pence. That's. Say what you will about Donald Trump. He motivates people.
1: Well, and his, his, deter- his, his attorneys, <laughs> I almost did a Texas, Ohio, Donald Trump teleprompter situation. Um, his attorneys, the MAGA Bombers attorneys, said that he became radicalized, quote, radicalized off a daily consumption of Trump's tweets, Fox News and conspiracy theories on the Internet.
0: His own team said he was radicalized by Donald Trump. Come on. Anyway, listen, We what I worry about is whether or not the problems that we face are too many to deal with simultaneously. We're not good at that as a country. Because not only do we have a gun problem, a gun culture problem in this country, We also have a white supremacy problem in this country. You've got all these disparate groups springing up the fucking Proud Boys, those cowards. You've got all these groups. The the, the modern day KKK. Get the website, Stormfront. We have a real white supremacy problem in America. But we need to, we need, especially on the left, especially liberals, especially rational people, we need to be intellectually honest about how we deal with it, how we talk about it. And let me say this. If this Dayton shooter... If it ends up that he did act on some political grievance and turned to violence, do not do what Donald Trump supporters are doing right now. Obviously, we've disavowed this guy. Fuck this guy. He killed other human beings en masse. But don't deny that he may have had some weird political philosophy that did did it. Obviously, like they're saying, he was an Elizabeth Warren supporter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's nothing in Elizabeth Warren's orbit that would promote this guy to do that. Right? Nothing. Right. That's the difference. Right. There's a lot in Donald Trump's orbit,
1: absolutely, and his
0: ethos that promotes. This kind of grievance and anger and rage and violent tendency.
1: Believing that you are being replaced. That's right. But let's not
0: deny if this guy was what he was. If it ends up being that, I'm saying. Because it stops the conversation. You lose the moral high ground. You can't blame the other side for, for putting blinders on. If you also put the blinders on when it comes to your side. And we don't know yet. They, they were having a press conference while we were recording. I think it was going to take place. So by the time we post this, sorry, Jim in Houston, uh, the details might be different. We may know the motive already. but let's not be dis, uh, dishonest about it with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We owe it to ourself. We owe it to our side. We owe it to our motivations, and we owe it to America. Because if there does begin to be a spate of shooters who are liberally inclined... We want to nip that in the fucking bud. We want to get rid of that. We want to go scorched earth on those philosophies that create havoc and violence and mayhem in communities all across the country. Whether they be white supremacist or some rogue Antifa douchebag, what the fuck ever? That is what we want to eliminate. And we're not going to do it by playing the same fucking games that conservatives play on a daily goddamn basis when every shooting takes place. I, I gotta say, I'm uh, I'm a lot more comfortable being fiery Jesse than, than blubbery Jesse. It's easier. Well, anyway. how, well,
1: how are you feeling after having... Um, you know, talked about things and processed it.
0: Um, I'm feeling okay now. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the couple days off of, uh, off of Facebook and uh, Twitter will probably do me well. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm, um, it's, it's been, it's been tough on everybody. How, how are you?
1: I am very sad. Um, and I have a very low tolerance for trolls right now. And yeah. that's about it.
0: I know that we, we together haven't really talked. There hasn't been a lot of, I mean, other than anger at the TV and watching the news. And uh, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, I don't like it when this happens, but this is our process time. It's not normally how it is, but over the course of this, you know, few days that that has been the case. So it's
1: I also I don't know if anyone listened to the Daily about the shootings, but um, the second part of the Daily was really moving because um, the reporter, she was following Beto and he came out and he announced that there had been the shooting in El Paso. And so she knew that she was going to have to fly back to El Paso because he was going to be going there. And so she flew there and she was on the scene and she started interviewing this couple that she was next to. And it turned out that they were the parents of a child that was killed in Parkland.
0: And they were in El Paso. And they
1: were in El Paso.
0: Oh, God
1: damn. And you hear the reporter and she just breaks down crying. And this, the mom um, of the, the child that was killed just continues talking, you know, explaining why they're there. That they were visiting um, migrant families in the camps, and that their son really cared about people, and they're trying to do things to kind of carry his
0: yeah, honor legacy his memory forward.
1: Or and um, I mean, she was sobbing, and she's the been, reporter. Yeah, the reporter. And Michael Barbaro, the host of the Daily, said, You can obviously tell from the audio here that you were very upset by this. And she started to get emotional again. And she said that she's been a reporter for like, you know, 20 years or whatever she said. And that some days are more difficult than others. And this was one of those days where she just couldn't do it. Yeah. And I, I was listening to it on the way home from work and I was crying in my car and I've thought about this a lot over the past 24 hours and it actually gives me hope, right, that someone who has been reporting on, like, the worst things that happen in sure. the world. Like, she even said that she, because she's been a reporter for so long that she's kind of too jaded to believe that she's going to not have to report on mass shootings anytime soon, you know. Um, but that someone who has seen so much was still in that moment just, like, overcome by the tragedy, and I think that we can't lose that. You know, we can't see the headline pop up on our phone and, you know, about the, the baby that was protected by the yeah. parents. Yeah. You know, we, we can't just read that and go, oh, yeah, that's a thing that happened today. Yeah. Close. You know, look at this. this. This is a headline right now. A five-year-old who lost her parents in the El Paso massacre asks her family if she'll be shot next. You know, and you want to look away, but you can't, you know, and you also can't become numb to it. So it's like this terrible balance that you have to figure out because you need to stay in the know, but you don't want to become disconnected and numb because this shit's too important, you know? Yeah. Um. And so figuring all that out is a chore, you know, but I think it's an individual thing for everybody. Everybody needs to figure out their own news intake that is healthy for them to stay in the know, but also stay mentally healthy, you know. Um, and I am always trying to figure out what that balance is for me since we have to to do this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And don't get me wrong. I mean, most of the time we like doing this, but um, when this kind of stuff happens, it's, it's terrible, you know? And we also automatically think about our listeners because we have listeners everywhere. And, you know, it's only a matter of time before someone that we are close to is caught in one of these situations, you know? And I'm sure that there's people listening to this that know people, Who had been in a mass shooting?
0: Absolutely. I heard
1: people at work talking about how they had friends in the Las Vegas shooting. Um, You know, it's it's becoming more and more common. So there, you know, the bubble of people that are affected is it's growing. Absolutely. And this extends out further than just the people that are killed. You know, it's their families, it's their friends. There's ramifications outside of that number of killed or wounded. And it's wide-reaching, and I don't think that's talked about enough either. So anyway, we could talk about this forever, but um, I definitely would like to hear from the audience um, what they think. So would I. And: um,
0: So would I. Six five, seven, four six, four, seven six, zero nine. Again, this number should be in your phone. <laughs> we We want to hear from you. We 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 cherish the opportunity to amplify the opinions of the listeners. 657-464-7609. And you can always email a voice memo that you recorded on your smartphone to I at Listen, we love you guys. We appreciate every single one of you taking time out of your day, out of your week, to listen, to interact. If you're in the the you know, the the Facebook group, the Dolomore listener group, the, the listener run Dolamore listener group, or even the, the the Facebook page, the main Facebook page, interacting there. Community is important. During moments like this in our history, real community is certainly more important than online community. Real connections with human beings that you know, your family, your friends, your loved ones. But I think there's value in the other online. I think special connections, real connections are made there. And we hope to connect with you there. Anyway, we're gonna leave we're gonna leave you there. We do wanna hear from you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Until next time, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dolamore. And this has been I Doubt. It.